You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle Network, podcast episode number 96, Cars of CFC Past. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Hello and welcome back, Cubers, to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, and in the passenger seat, Scott. Hello, hello, everybody. Well, this is uh, this was actually a brainchild of Scott's, and uh, we've we've been working to get some great interviews lined up here in the next uh, next month. And due to the weather and some other uh, commitments, some of our guests have had to shift and move some things around. So that's okay. That's fine. But uh, we wanted to. Uh, go with Scott's idea and that is with your four hosts of Cars of Carlisle we figured with the with the main staff here that we would reminisce on some of our favorite cars of the past take a drive down memory lane <laughs> kind of yeah quite quite literally a fast drive that's right and before we do launch control and take off from this stoplight I wanted to put a big shout out to our new corporate sponsor this is actually our preferred automotive sponsor of Cars of Carlisle and that is Porsche Mechanicsburg, and we'll be talking a little bit more about that at the mid-roll halfway through this episode, so stay tuned for that. And since we're excited to announce the whole preferred automotive sponsorship, we figured let's have a Porsche trivia question for this week. So, as you may or may not know, in fact, it's it's featured this month, I am a subscriber to Motor Trend. If you haven't pick up, picked up the latest Motor Trend issue, this one's called the Green Issue, and it's featuring super hybrids. But they do have a whole story on the Taycan. The new Porsche Taycan is an all-electric vehicle, and in this article, they run a bunch of them through Finland in the snow, and they're just an amazing car. In fact, I was uh, fortunate enough to test drive one just in the past month, and I can talk more about that in future episodes. But I digress. Question is, on this all-electric vehicle, which is giving Tesla a real run, the 0 to 60 in the Turbo S version of the Taycan is the most powerful. It can go 0 to 60 in how many seconds? That answer at the end of the episode. So, Scott, we have both Sam and Lou. They share their uh, their memories. Let's, uh, let's talk about yours. What are some of the... I remember... Okay. Well... Please tell the story about the one that should have all the little animals painted on the side of the car. Okay, so that would come in. Let me just bring us up to speed on that one first. So we had a couple of family cars, which were just kind of dogs, but they got us through everything. But they were a Toyota Tercel, a Chevy Impala, which was like an old cop car, and then a Ford LTD, which was as big as a boat. And it was brown, but it could get you somewhere in about half the time. It just glided, and you never you could have hit houses with it, and you wouldn't have felt it. But anyway, so after that, I, I went into a used BMW 318 SI, which I That really, was an awesome car. Yeah. I really liked it. It was like a bright tomato orange, <laughs> but it, it was a good car. 
Then my very favorite old used car was my Volvo 740. Mm -hmm. And that was that gray sedan with the big old Valori seats, which that was the seat that A, had a chipmunk in at one point, <laughs> and also the seat that caught on fire when I was driving. That's it. right. Didn't you have like a, a wiring? It was a wiring mishap. Somebody anyway, shorted I didn't do it, but it was just so old. It Your electric seat it shorted mishapped out. under my bum. But anyway... <laughs> That is the car that hit everything. It was... Yes. I don't know if it made a noise, but that's where the bat hit my windshield. The <laughs> rabbit jumped off of a bank. I hit that possum, like an all the baby possums. Right, and, right. And uh, what else? There were a bunch of rabbits, groundhog, pretty much anything that would move. Well, I the story the about the bat that got its claw hooked onto the windshield wiper, and then its beady eyes were staring in at you. And, and I had to swipe the windshield wiper a <laughs> few times, and it blew off. But yeah, that was a destructive car, but I loved it. Yeah. And then I moved into the Volvo S70, because I thought I wanted mm -hmm. that, and I didn't have that very long at all. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't my 740, so if I, didn't, if I couldn't have what I had, I didn't want it at no, all. No, it was poor facsimile. Uh, right. And then I got, um, oh, well, I had the Jeep CJ7. Which oh, was my that biggest was, regret mm -hmm. of ever getting rid of. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't afford two cars at the same time with the inspections and had a, insurances a and all that. You had a Blazer in there. You had a couple. I did. I had a Chevy Blazer, which I hated. And then I had the Jeep Cherokee, which was a straight six. That white one I yes, loved. Yeah. And then a couple other Jeep Cherokees. And then the other Jeep that I got, you were along when I went to test. Oh, I was yeah. just going to check it out. It was out at Blue Knob Auto. Out in your Holidaysburg, yeah. And... Uh, I went out just in the evening to check it out. I wasn't going to buy anything, and I had my car, but I cleared a little bit of stuff out. And when I was there, the guy said, well, we can make the trade and make the change. And I liked the commander, the, the size of it and everything. And it was called Khaki. So I thought, oh, this will be great. It's a really cool kind of khaki green car. So I bought it at night, got it home, get up the next morning to go out all excited for my new used car. And it was dark brown. It was, And forever I called that car Poopsie. Yeah, you're being kind. It, it was, was not an attractive color was, but i love the car yeah yeah the functionality of it was great it, well do you remember bringing that home we were on our way back to the turnpike and it said you have three miles left to empty right as they were notorious for not leaving very much gas in it and i think we drove a good 25 miles with it saying one mile left it was purely on fumes it was bad and there were no houses no it was dark yeah. and it was about midnight it was three degrees off of the middle of nowhere and about three degrees at night. It was cold. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, that was an wasn't adventure. that smart. Yeah. But that's uh, you know that was all mine. And really, most of my cars were horrible colors, which is now why I'm kind of stuck with only silver or white. There's no mistakes <laughs> right. with that. That is right. what it is. Right. So they were some ugly color cars, but they were, it was fun. It was a good time. So yeah, I didn't realize until I started writing them down here that there I had that many. Yeah, I had a lot of different cars. So what do you think your total count was? Like maybe a dozen. Yeah. And I'm really not that old. Okay, I am. But yeah, a dozen. Still a lot of cars. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That was fun. I like to try them all out. Nothing wrong with that, bud. What did you have? Well, we'll get into mine, but you know what? Let's, let's actually go to Lou's and then we'll go to Sam's and then I'll, as, uh, as captain, I'll, I'll wrap it up. Okay. That'll be great. Sounds good. Let's hear from Lou Genicopoulos. This is Lou. Today, with spring right around the corner, we decided to focus on cars that have crossed into our personal ownership up into what we have currently. I do want to remind you that spring is right around the corner. It's been good weather the last couple of weeks, although a little bit chilly. Daylight savings time is coming this Sunday, and with an extra hour added of daylight, you should be spending at least one extra hour in the garage. So with that being said, Darren Scott, 
and the team decided to take a little bit of a look in years past, all up into what we have currently going on. I don't have a cool Corvette or a Nova Pro Touring machine, or soon to be, but I did get a little bit frazzled going back and looking at some of the cars I've owned, what I've sold, including just kind of always having a project around. My dad and grandfather were the quintessential, we are going to restore it one day, project laying in the driveway that people come up and leave notes on. That type of stuff has always been relevant in my life. Fortunately, I've convinced my dad to trim a lot of what he had down at one point, probably about 12 years ago, we had somewhere between 25 and 35 cars laying around, mostly big projects as a 1971 Buick Electra, for example, or a 1981 Cadillac Seville diesel, the slowest car I've ever been in. So today, between my dad and myself, we still have between 10 and 15 cars. A lot are parts cars, but they still sit around. Most of them are in garages. Uh, 11 to be exact, including mine. So with that being said, my first car I bought was a 1970 Buick Grand Sport, a factory fire red car. I did buy that August 23rd, 2009. Yes, at the ripe age of 15. It was all of my savings from three summers of working. And I'm happy to report that 10 years, almost 11 years later, it's still not done. We are finishing the last body panel replacement now. It has one brand new NOS quarter on the left side, and the right side is getting a reproduction quarter panel uh, from AMD, Auto Metal Direct. My dad is working on that now. We do have plans to drive and show that this summer. The front half of the car is actually painted in the factory fire red color. Uh, we did a lot of the body work about five years ago and just sprayed it with some single stage just to see if we wanted to go with a single stage or a base coat, clear coat. We have decided to block that all down. It will be base coat, clear coat, fire red. That hopefully will be painted by this time in May. And it does have a goal to make it to Kentucky in the middle of May for the 50th anniversary of the 1970 Buick GSX. That is uh, being held at the Buick GS Nationals, which is located at the Bowling Green Raceway in Bowling Green, Kentucky. We'll see if that happens. Time will tell. But if not, we do have a couple backup cars to bring. Um, next car after the GS, I, I did buy a 1968 Buick Skylark where we put a 430 Buick Big Block in it. It was a roller. I bought it from South Carolina, and that car ended up going to Germany, which then funded the purchase of my 1987 Buick Grand National, car that we have talked about in the past on the Cars of Carlisle podcast. That car is a 30, well, now it has 46,000 miles. I did buy it at 37,113 original miles in August of 2014. That car was previously totaled in 2002 and never fixed. It was hit very hard in the right front, so hard that with a donut wheel on it, the frame was bent up enough where it really wouldn't turn more than a quarter of inch each way. We ended up buying another 87 Grand National parts car, a real 87 Grand National, which I then took the frame out of, used literally everything I could from the original 37,000 mile car, including fuel lines, brake lines, etc., and put the car back on its chassis, pulled the body down about three-eighths of an inch, and it still runs and drives today. 
rides great. Probably my most reliable car. It has never left me stranded. It did leave my dad stranded this summer when he was enjoying it without permission, but I digress. That leads us into my current build simultaneously with the other GS. I do have the 1970 Buick Skylark that Darren has seen, uh, Scott has not seen. It is a pro touring machine or soon to be. I have been working on it pretty religiously over the last month and a half to button up everything that we have done to it. Sam helped me put the suspension in on it. It is a full ride tech stage two kit, um, a very common pro touring suspension setup for someone who wants to drive the car a lot and enjoy some modern ride comfort and convenience, but also be able to take it to a track day and compete with some of the all-out race cars. Uh, this also includes 13-inch bare brakes on the front and 12-inch on the rear. Those are finally working and functioning. I was able to bleed them last week after a, a couple of shimming procedures that I had to do for each rotor to get it perfectly centered um, within the caliper. So hopefully that car runs this weekend. I have not fired up the Buick Big Block that's in it. It is a mostly factory stock rebuild for now until I can afford the big motor. So with those three kind of simultaneously going on, the Grand National needs some TLC. We need to put new coils on it, time it a little bit better, and figure out some of the lack of fuel being burned. It has always run a little bit rich. I think the injectors stick from being factory injectors, and they haven't really been on the road too much. We thought they would loosen up a little bit, but that car still doesn't run as great as it did when it left the factory in 1987. Between those three cars, I have my summer cut out for me. I think one car I'm failing to mention, and probably the coolest car I've ever owned, was my 1970 Dodge Charger. Factory 440, six-pack car, four-speed, A833 manual trans. It also had a Dana 60410 Posi rear. Sorry, not Posi in the Mopar world. Limited slip differential or super track, what I forget what they call it. Uh, I sold that car in July. That was factory paint. Uh, had the motor rebuilt. Sam and I put that car together in Harrisburg with the help of my dad. We did weld in a new trunk pan. It had all original interior. I did put a new carpet in it. The bucket seats had a couple tears, but uh, that car went to Cincinnati, Ohio to a really good collector who will spend the, the time and effort to fully restore that car. Did have a lot of rust. It needed quarters, the rear valence. Uh, the fenders were good. Doors had a, a patch spot on each that needed to be addressed. Uh, but that car was really good bones, had a good floor. Um, that car let me fund my house with my new two-car garage that I'm rebuilding my Buick in. So I'm back to an all-Buick stable outside of my daily drivers. Happy to report and offer progress pictures. Hopefully the Cars Carlisle team will join me in our autocrossing endeavor, something I've never done, just built the car to go do it. So we'll see what happens and probably we'll catalog that later on this year. But appreciate you giving me some time. Thank you, and looking forward to staying in touch. And Sam Faringer's walk down memory lane, or I guess you could call it his drive down memory lane. Or, depending on the car, it could be a push down memory lane. <laughs> yeah, he had one. Of, reliable. He did he have never, one of those. Wait till right. you hear the Florida story. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is Sam with Cars of Carlisle to talk about a couple cars that we've had in our lives that really meant something to us. So, today I want to share with you uh, two of the vehicles that I have the most fond memories in. The first one being my first car that I purchased when I was 15. It was a 1995 Ford Probe GT, black, 
uh, tan leather interior, had a little sound system, the sunroof, a uh, great little car for, you know, a, a young kid. Uh, it had the, the six-cylinder uh, KLDE in it. I think it was a 3.5 liter. Uh, put some coilovers on it, the cold air intake, all that fun stuff. And just absolutely loved that car. I spent a lot of time driving around in that car as a 16 to 19-year-old kid. Um, spent many, many hours in it. Uh, driving around, got my first speeding ticket in that car. And actually, I was uh, driving home one day on a very well-known stretch, doing probably about 110, 115. And came around a corner, and lo and behold, there was a cop there. So as I keep going, uh, I kind of just decided, hey, I'm going to hammer it down. I'm real close to home. I'll be able to turn off. He'll never catch me. I see the cop pull out behind me. Uh, doesn't turn his lights on. I pull in, drive up to the house. And when I get there, my stepdad's sitting outside. So I park the car, and it smells like brakes. And, I mean, you could tell the car had been run hard. Start talking to him, and here comes a car over the hill. And of course it was the cop. Uh, the cop happened to know my stepdad and pulled in because he knew my car. So as we come in, uh, or as he comes in, he starts talking to me, asked me how fast I was going. And, you know, obviously I was 16 years old, so I lied. And he goes, I know you were doing way faster, but I'm only going to give you a 50 and a 45. Um, so that was the first time I ever got a speeding ticket and probably won't be the last, but, um, the next thing I did to that car was I actually put a Borla catback exhaust on it and loved, loved, loved the sound of that car. Absolutely loved it. Um, would definitely recommend Borla on any, any car you could think of. They just sound really low. They have a deep grumble, beautiful sounding exhaust. Um, that car, actually, I, I kind of pretty sad the way it ended with it. Um, I had to replace my control arms and got a, a factory set from Ford. Had them sent over. There was a defect in the control arm, and the control arm broke while I was pulling out of my driveway. So, you know, I had to get to school. I was maybe 18 years old, 17, 18 years old at the time. Um, maybe a little bit older. I I can't quite remember, but I parked the car, took uh, one of my parents' vehicles to work, and called a tow company to tow it back off the road. When I got home, I realized they'd put the tow hooks um, under the front control arms and ripped essentially the front end out of the entire car. Uh, since I wasn't home to see all this happen, uh, I kind of had to chalk it up to a loss and junked the car, took a couple of the parts off, sold them off, and uh, proceeded to go buy the next vehicle, which I was trying to buy, just a cheap, cheap, cheap vehicle. So I went to a local auto auction and bought a 1995 Jeep Cherokee. And this thing was the most basic vehicle of all time. Um, it had a radio that didn't work most of the time. Uh, Roll-up windows, um, manual locks, you know. Basically anything that wasn't necessary was not on the vehicle. And bought it for $800 at uh, York Springs Auto Auction. And proceeded to beat that car into the ground. Since I didn't spend much money on it, I didn't much care. And uh, I would regularly go six months between an oil change. Um, one of the things that I, as I get older, I look back fondly on it at the time. I did not. I drove the car down to Florida with a buddy of mine and got down there and went to pull out one day to come back home and the car wouldn't start. No idea what was happening. So eventually I take it to a shop down in Florida and 
I believe I was 19 or 20 at the time, didn't have too much money. So the guys started throwing parts at it and eventually got to the point where they were like, hey, we don't know what's wrong with it. It's not starting. We've replaced, you know, hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. I don't know what you're going to do. So I'm sitting around thinking, oh, I'm going to buy a plane ticket or something like that. And the guys go, hey, you, you need to get this car out of our lot. We can put it in our, our other lot until you figure out what you want to do with it. So I said, okay. And I get in the car, we push it down. And uh, as I'm sitting there, I just, you know, had that moment of, God, I just wanted to start. So I decided, hey, I'm going to turn the key. And it fired right up. Inline six ramps, extremely strong. So as soon as it fired up, Ran over, got my buddy, got in the car, drove straight back from Florida all the way up to Pennsylvania. No idea still at this time what the problem was. So <clears throat> I turn the car off, turns back on. Still have no idea what, you know, if I fixed anything because I didn't do anything different and it just decided to start one day. So about three weeks later, I'm driving down the road and I hit a bump and there goes everything off. Turns right off, coast it, my dad comes we start working on the car, can't figure out anything, can't figure out anything. Finally, we're just doing a walk around of the vehicle after throwing countless hours and way too much money at, at the Jeep. And here I see a ground wire <clears throat> that's pinched between the leaf springs. As Soon as I pull that off, put a 50 cent coupler on it, it starts right back up and never had a problem like that ever again. Um, this car was, I took it up to Mansfield, Pennsylvania, drove it through the backwoods, um, you know, I knocked the mirrors off at countless times, going through trails, going through creeks that people said this Jeep probably couldn't handle, and it handled everything, and it was just one of those vehicles that, because I didn't care too much about what happened to it, um, really opened up a lot of possibilities for me to have fun in it, and it's one of those vehicles that I got rid of a couple years ago and really, really wish I never did. There was nothing mechanically wrong with it, minus the fact that the window cranks were now vice grips and the mirrors, you know, had been replaced 15 times. There's dents in the side, uh, scratches that were all the way down to bare metal from driving, you know, near trees and uh, buddies of mine who, you know, didn't take the best care of it when we were out being dumb and mudding around. But I really wish I would have kept that vehicle and quite frankly, both. And hopefully one day I will have one or either or both of all of them. So, you know. I just wanted to talk about those cars a little bit, and thanks. Talk to you guys later. All right, we're back, and the question that I had for today's trivia question this week was, what is the 0-60 to 60 time for the Porsche Taycan Turbo S? It is 0-60 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. I'm telling you, I had a chance to drive one. Like I said, incredible. You feel like your brain is going to slide back in your cranium. What's even more amazing is as it's – through its, it has two speeds, but as it's powering through, as it, it's just that instant torque, it can hit 125 miles an hour in just a hair under 10 seconds. So pretty extraordinary vehicle and uh, really fortunate that I was able to test drive that. A big thanks to Porsche Mechanicsburg. In fact, Scott, you know all about the, this uh, new arrangement we have with Porsche Mechanicsburg. We're really excited about that with them. They are currently building a world-class facility down in Mechanicsburg. Right on the Harrisburg Pike. Actually. It's going to be great. 6625 Carlow Pike. Stop mm -hmm. in to see them. Yep. And they are a proud member of the Faulkner Automotive Group, and they've been serving the Pennsylvania customer area now for uh, many, many years. In fact, since 1932. 
And uh, they're this... going to complete that this spring. Yes, exactly. And it's soon. It's coming along. In fact, because here in Central Pennsylvania, we've had a, a milder than normal winter. They've been able to do a lot more work throughout the winter months on it. But uh, I was just down there a few weeks ago. It is incredible. It's uh, going to be a, just a gorgeous facility. And the really great thing about uh, what they're able to do is when you stop in to see them, you can buy a Porsche that obviously can up, upwards of almost a quarter million dollars. But they do have pre-owned vehicles. With that, people are able to get into a Porsche maybe that they never thought possible, especially because those pre-owns are are relatively affordable. Well, you saw a lot of them down at the car show, too. That's exactly the right. Pennsylvania Auto Show. I did. Great. But there's a, a temporary facility right now. If you even want to stop in and, and check that out, they have uh, you know great sales staff and everything able there to uh, walk you through that. So we're really proud to be associated with uh, Porsche Mechanicsburg. If you need at any point to uh, give them a call, it's 888-429-0775. Okay, Scott, so I guess I do owe everybody an idea of some of the cars that I've owned. I, I talked about this when we did the uh, episode 42, looking back sort of the, the record heritage episode. and Yeah, but there was other stuff mixed in there. This is kind of There like, was, yeah. I think you've all heard me say at least 352 times that my first car was a 1968 Ford Mustang. I kept it all original. It was not the manliest of colors. It was the factory color of seafoam green. That was a good color, though. Very eh, retro now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it had uh, like deep... I think it was like deep moss ivy uh, interior. It was uh, straight six, 200 cubic inch. I did a little bit of work to it. and That was a great car. And had some fun with it. But uh, then I, after that, once I got into college days, I had to just buy the junk cars for 300 bucks, 400 bucks. I think at one point I owned three, um, I had all kinds of vehicles in my driveway, but I think there were three escorts in my life at that point. Three escorts? No, not the Las Vegas kind. Okay. Oh, cars. <laughs> yeah. Cars. Ford escorts. And yeah, not as sexy. And these these were wagons of all things because I could get them cheaper. You had a thing for wagons. You've yeah. had some wagons. And, and manuals. Like I wanted a manual. And so anyhow, always manual transmission if preferred. Uh, that reminds me of a four-speed that I hope I never... You know how everybody says, I wish I had that car back? Yeah. Okay. The one I'm glad I never will see again was a, it was like a plum-colored Pontiac J2000. It was you wish f- you never had that car to start. Oh, four-speed. I remember having that thing at college, <laughs> and the uh, the rubber gaskets and things around the windows were, were going bad. And after a rainstorm, I would have about three inches of, of water down in the footwells. And it would slosh around as I would drive down the hills, and it would slosh and back splash on me, and it was just a mess. It would always smell like an aquarium inside that car. Hmm. Well, your other cars don't smell that good anyway. <laughs> Thanks. And you didn't have the water issue for that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I've had some Honda Civic, minivans, Subaru, Outback, BMW Wait, X5. you also skipped over the Taurus uh, wagon, wagon yeah, again. Yeah. That was, I, as I said in that episode, that was... My mountain bike uh, hauler, but still. Mountain bikes fit in a lot of cars. You don't need a wagon for it. <laughs> it, was, it, it was, I think it was a '94. It was that. It was just not a good, not a good time. Uh, one car I really missed. I think I mentioned this one in that episode 42 was uh, a navy blue over camel leather Saab 9000S that was hatchback. A nice car. That was a. It was not a quick car. Just comfortable and smooth and fun and. Uh, missed that Swedish vehicle, but uh, yeah, Subaru BRZ. We did some track day you time that. with that. That was a good good car. I uh, had done some mods to it, and now you'd miss course, it more if you didn't have the Corvette. Well, that's true. And then now the the Z06, which is 
Great. I don't know about you guys. For those of us that are in the colder climates, we are all ready for spring, completely ready for spring. I keep going out. Uh, the Corvette's up on its tire cradles, and I have the battery tender on it, but I go out every other weekend and start it up and just... It's to be 65 this coming weekend. There you go. Once the salt's no off the roads, I'm out. No I am excuse. out there playing. So, yeah, hope you guys were uh, enjoyed this episode. It was a little bit of a departure for us. I think it was a great idea by Scott. You know, just a. I have one every now and again. <laughs> I'm done now for a good decade. You're good until Don't the expect anything more now. <laughs> I'm taxed out. No, but hey, do us a favor. Write in, email us, uh, comment on Instagram. Let us know uh, what some of your favorite car memories are. We'll get them out there. We'd love to hear your That'd stories. Be great. This is your podcast for that, you know, for that very reason. So we want to hear those things and share it with us. We'd love to hear it. So Scott, anything to to add before we wrap? I don't think so. What's coming up? What's well, coming up? In well, the we have episode? a couple of great interviews coming up. Right, we have well, Sam and Lou are going to be putting out an episode that is going to be focusing on the Bullet Mustang. So stay tuned. Oh, for, that's coming out. We have a local racer here in Carlisle who uh, a dirt track racer. Another one we're going to be talking to. Uh, we do have some episodes that are featuring uh, car guys that have been in the business and doing this for quite some time. I'm going to be talking to Bill Sangre again about his 70 Hemi Cuda. That's coming up. And You're going to have the preview for everything Carlisle events. Exactly. Hoping to talk to uh, Mike Garland, the marketing uh, communications director at uh, Carlisle events. And really importantly, please, you're going to have the 100th episode yeah, that's true up. that is very true. soon yeah it's pretty cool to think that uh cars of carlisle is uh coming up on their second birthday mm-hmm. uh, that'll be march 27th and on top of that to scott's point our 100th episode it's hard to believe that we've had that many already and we haven't missed a week so thanks to you guys for being patient and listening and and downloading and the cool thing too is you keep putting the word out there and sharing and and we are seeing some great spikes in numbers. The more we get that, the more we can uh, attract uh, support and other things that help us do bigger and better things and, and bring you even cooler uh, cooler topics. Yeah. So no, nothing's going to stop us. We uh, plan to do some things uh, all corners of the, of the state, country, even the world maybe. Behind the scenes, each and every week, Scott is the main man doing all the digital editing. And you've heard me say this week after week, but... You know we're sincere about that. that we really do appreciate uh, what everybody does as far as listening and downloading and following us. Absolutely. And any comments that you have, like, it's just, it's so great to hear what you have to say. Um, because I know last week with the with the Iron Trap Garage one, so many comments with that. Yeah. So many posts. A big shout out to, to you know, Murray's and, and uh, I mean, just the fact that all of their file followers have just been so supportive of this show. Thank you to each of you guys. It's been great. And the feedback that we got on uh, on the website, just unbelievable too. So be sure to check out that as well. Well, I will simply say for now, thank you for being a Cuber. Thanks for being part of this show. We'll see you next week. So drive well, be well, take, take care. care.